Happy Resurrection Sunday. Happy Easter, guys. Christy and I are currently sitting in our brand new recording studio. Our kitchen. It's beautiful. Uh, But before we move on to our normal service, we want to just give you a quick update on what we're doing behind the scenes during this COVID-19 season uh, to make a difference here in Rochester, mainly because of your generosity and your willingness to make a difference where we live. Yeah, so immediately with when this all happened, Andy and I and our team started dreaming of some creative ways just to bring joy and light into our community. And so we are super excited to announce that we have put together some gifts to be delivered to your children's doorsteps. Hey guys, I hope you are doing well. We know that circumstances right now are different and they're constantly changing. And we know that that can be a challenge for you and especially for your children. So Echo wanted to do what we could just to bring a little extra joy into your kids' lives, Uh, a little bit of light, something to uh, just put a smile on your kids' faces. So we are packing joy boxes and we are gonna be dropping them off at your doorstep for your kids to open this Easter. We can't wait to share it with you. Things just to show that we miss your kids and that we love them. If you want a delivery or you have a child that you know would love a joy box, just reach out to us and we will put them on our delivery list. Absolutely. Just please communicate with us. We would love to bring a smile to your child's face. We'd love to drop joy off at your doorstep. Second thing that we're doing is a thing called Pizza on Echo. We have partnered with Pasquale's Pizza. Our goal is to hand out 1,000 pizzas to Rochester area school employees to just show you that we see you, we see the hours that you're putting in and the beautiful adjustment that you guys have made to virtual learning. And we just thought, why why not provide a meal that you don't have to prepare? Absolutely, we just we see all the hard work you're, you're doing uh, behind the scenes as well, just loving on our kids. Uh, And before uh, we go into our service, uh, my daughter and I, my second board, uh, we thought we would create kind of a funny little Easter themed video and we want to show you that this morning. Hey, what's up Echo Church? I am sitting here right now with my daughter. Is it Kaya? And she wants to be a YouTube star. Yes. But she also believes that anything is possible with... God. God's help. And so Zakiah, do you think you'll be able to catch this right here in your mouth if I throw it at you? Sure. Okay, are you ready? Only your mouth. Ready? Oh. 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 So. Oh. One more, one more, ready? <laughs> Stay in the camera. <laughs> hey, hey, is anything possible? Hey, Christy, I wanted to do that prank on you. I don't think I would have fallen for it. Yes, you would have. No, I went to have brown egg. The whole point is white egg, babe. You have to have the right no, props. I should have, and it would have been viral. It would have gone viral. But Kaya, we do hear that roar of yours. Yeah, I'm just thankful that that daughter of ours is fearless and brave. And pranks happen a lot in this house. Not to my liking, but I think she's earned front seat Mm. to be the victim for for your pranks. What do you think? Sounds good. Okay. Hey, before we continue on in our service, we want to give you a sneak peek 
about the story we're going to share for this Hear Me Roar series. I just signed up for some emails and I got regular emails from a place called Rainbow Kids. It's a worldwide sort of gathering spot of information about adoption. And in May of 2013, I saw Marta photo on an email and they talked about how he was always smiling and he was in the picture and he had his hands in his pockets and he just looked so full of hope and I couldn't believe that he was just out there waiting for a family. Thank you, Pearsons. We hear your roar and we cannot wait to hear the rest of your story next week. We invite you to unplug over the next 30 minutes to give God your full attention and to focus as we lean in together on this unique Easter Sunday. Do you ever have moments in your life where they just don't make sense? At the time, something happens and you're like, what does this even mean? I have one of those moments that I wanna share with you. Seven years ago on Easter Sunday, I was in a church service during worship and I was singing the songs and out of nowhere, I had this picture that came up in my mind and it was of Andy on a stage preaching a sermon with a banner behind him. Some of you know this story, some of you it's your first time hearing it. But what the banner said was Echo Church. And I remember being moved to tears out of nowhere, actually embarrassed, like why am I crying? And I asked God in my heart, I didn't say it out loud, it was more just like in my mind I said, what does that mean? And I felt like God whispered to me in that moment, that's your church. That moment that I had seven years ago was a seed. And that seed was birthed in our hearts. And now I'm sitting here before you with a banner that says Echo Church behind me. And right now, more than ever, God is calling us to come alive. God is calling us to rise up. You know, Easter Sunday, we celebrate our risen King, that He is alive and that He gave His life for us. And so right now in this very moment, he's calling us not to quit. He's calling us to finish the race. He wants us to rise up united together. And I just think that there's so many seeds that are being planted in your hearts right now and they don't make sense. And you have so many questions and you're like, there is no way that this could happen or that's just foolishness. But we're asking you right now to trust that roar, to speak it out and to claim it. Let me pray with you this morning. Jesus, we come to you right now and I pray for every single person that's tuning in. I pray that you will meet us where we're at. I pray for the seeds that are planted in our hearts right now. I pray for purpose in that. I pray for you to continue leading us and guiding us. And we just give you our life today. Amen. I want to speak about this word tension. I mean, let's be honest, we're all living in it. It's as if we're at the bottom of this humongous canyon 
And we're trying to navigate between the crisis and the outcome. It's like just from a simple snap of a finger, we're now trying to navigate between our past and our future. We're trying to navigate these changing times. And, and when I read the story of Jesus, I, I actually read a story of tension, tension from the moment that he was conceived. A tension of, of a soon-to-be husband making the decision whether he was going to be a father or not whether he was going to stand up for Mary or throw her under the bus. And the tension never really stopped within Jesus's life. And now the tension is between the garden where he's praying and the cross. And there's this tension of what is going to happen between the cross and the grave. And there's this tension between the Marys coming to bring spices to prepare or to, to do what was right to Jesus's dead body in the grave. There's a tension between this open grave and this moment that they experience Jesus. And then they go back to the disciples and there's tension because they don't believe. See, we all navigate through tension. Tension is nothing new. And what I'm trying to get to is this, is, is it's okay to live in tension. In fact, I would go ahead and tell you, we should become used to it. But the best way to navigate through tension is through trust. But this word trust, we could use this other word, it's belief. It's to believe. And, <laughs> and if I could just be truthful, uh, there's tension with that word. There just is. Because you can believe in something, but still have questions. You can, you can trust, but yet not trust. I think of maybe this silly illustration of, of getting ready to bungee jump and you trust, but yet you don't trust. There's this moment where you've just got to let everything go. See, I think this is where we are. It's beginning to understand and maybe becoming comfortable with that tension that God, we trust, but at the same time, help our unbelief. Will we rise? Will we continue to ascend the canyon or will we stay where we are? And higher than the mountains that I face and stronger than the power of the grave and constant in the trial
There's a story in Mark 9, and it's the story of a father who is desperate, desperate to see his son released from the bondages of evil. And he comes and finds Jesus, and he, he says something like this, if you can, Lord, would you have pity on us? Would you help us? And this is one of my favorite responses that Jesus says to anybody. And he says this, what do you mean if? And then he looks at this man who is desperate and is under the pressure, pressure of, of, of his crisis and of his concern, of his life, and, and let's be honest, his love. And Jesus looks at this man and he says this, anything is possible for those who trust. Anything is possible for those who trust. And this man looks back at Jesus and says, Lord, I believe, but please help my unbelief. Because here's the deal. If we're being honest, when it comes to our trust and our belief in God, there's tension and there is this trust. I mean, let me just speak for my own self. I trust in God, but man, I continually need to come to Jesus and just say this, but Lord, help my unbelief. And on and on, and on and on and on and on it goes Till it overwhelms and satisfies my soul And I never ever have to be afraid Oh, this one thing, yeah, remains This one thing, this one thing Remains Your love, Your love never fails and never gives up
leaves never runs out on me. Your love never fails, never gives up, never runs out on me. There's this story in Mark 10. It's a story of this rich young man who comes to Jesus and he has this long list of everything that he's done right in life. And he says, Rabbi, what must I do to inherit the kingdom of God? I kind of read the story as, as if he was hoping that Jesus would pat him on his back and say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. But instead, Jesus looks at this man and he says this, he says, go sell everything you have and give it to the poor. Imagine the tension in that moment. Because this man had a perspective on what he deemed was important in life, yet Jesus began to redefine something even greater. And the story continues on. The man ends up just putting his head down and walks off disheartedly. And Jesus makes this statement, it's easier for a camel to walk through the eye of a needle instead of a rich man to enter the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven and his disciples, their mind was blown and they were like, but God, Jesus, if, 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 if he can't do this, then who can? And Jesus said this profound statement. He said, humanly, this is impossible, but it is possible with God's help. Lord, help us. Because we know we can't do this. We know we can't navigate through these times appropriately. Jesus, will you be with us? Mark chapter 14, we see that Jesus, he goes into this garden and he invites a few of his disciples to join him in prayer. And we see the account of Jesus bearing the weight of the world, bearing the weight of the tension that he was feeling and, and the pressure and the anxiety and understanding what he was going to walk through. And he has this authentic moment with God. And he says this, he said, Lord, if it's possible, Father God, if it is possible, will you take this cup from me? 
What we see is Jesus walks through the tension of his own will and his father's will. But he did this with authenticity. And he looked at his father and said, Lord, I trust. Will you help my untrust? Will you walk and be with me? last chapter of Mark, we see that there are two ladies that go to the grave and as they are walking to the grave, they ask this one question, who will move the stone? See, there, there is an element of disbelief. They, they didn't really think it'd be possible for them to do it themselves. And when they arrived to this grave, they noticed that the grave was already open and in that moment or a few moments later they experienced Jesus firsthand they experienced that Jesus wasn't dead but that he was alive and then they went back and they told the disciples the other disciples the other 11 and they didn't believe Jesus walks into the room and he appears to the 11 and when he appears what does he do he confronts their lack of trust. I mean, I can, I can imagine that moment because they're probably full of remorse and guilt, regret. At the same time, they're full of excitement because they're seeing the risen King, their risen King, Jesus. How many are glad that the story doesn't end there, that Jesus isn't just in the business of confronting our trust? And, but what we read at the very end of Mark is this. It says that Jesus, he spoke to them and told them what to do. And what we see the disciples do is this. They listened and they did as Jesus told them. And 2,000 years later, in the midst of our tension, man, we get to do the same thing as Jesus walks into our room and he confronts our trust. And we look back at Jesus and say this, Lord, help our unbelief. And Jesus will do exactly that. But at that very same moment, I believe that Jesus is walking us up that canyon wall and he's sitting and, and, and or he's standing us at the edge of the rim. And he says, will you follow me? 
I think this is the moment when the church arises that we don't just get to go to church, but we can truly be the church. So let us lean into Jesus and start just simply saying this, Lord, confront my lack of unbelief. Lord, help my unbelief. Help me trust you more. I believe, but Lord, I need to believe more. God, will you start building up our faith? Lord, will you have your way in our hearts? No place I'd rather be. No place I'd rather be, Lord. No place I'd rather be. Here in your love, here in your love. Set a fire down in my soul that I can that I can't control I want more of you God I want more of you God and set a fire down in my soul that I can't contain that I can't control I want more of you God I want more of you God no place I'd rather be no place I'd See, there's a tension that Jesus lived. There was a tension when Jesus was praying in the garden and Jesus himself said this, Father, if it is possible, would you take this cup from me? Now, let, let me just pause. Jesus says to a man, anything is possible for those who believe, but yet Jesus himself looks at his father and he says, if it is possible. See, there's a tension. There's a tension between the garden and his prayer and his desire, but yet what God's will is and was. See, there is a tension between the cross and the grave. And there is a tension between the grave and then the empty grave that the Marys experienced. And then there was a tension between Mary and the disciples when they came back into the disciples' room or, or house or wherever they were congregating and said, Jesus is alive. And then there was tension when Jesus walks back into the room with his disciples. See, I think there's one way to respond to tension. And that word is trust. I think Jesus wants to bring us to the edge of the rim. That Jesus wants to bring us to the edge of the canyon. And he wants to ask us, do you trust? And I think the best response is like the man who said this, Lord, I trust, please, please help my unbelief. I think that was his way of simply just saying, Jesus, I trust, I really do believe that you, you lived and you died and you rose again, all with us in mind. At the same time, will you just be patient with me? Will you just navigate with me? Will you just figuratively hold my hand in the midst of this 
in these very moments. There's many of you that are watching right now and you would define your relationship with God as non-existent or you might even define your relationship as distant. And maybe, maybe you're mad at God. I don't know what it is, but I just sense that no matter where you're watching, that God is knocking on the door of your heart and he's asking and he's whispering, will you let me in? See, to start a relationship with Jesus, to let God into the door of our heart, it's simply defined by one word and that one word is surrender. And today what I wanna do is just take a moment and pray a prayer it is just a prayer of surrender. It's a first step into the rest of your life, into this eternal relationship with our Father in heaven. Will you pray this prayer with me? Jesus, I surrender. I have more questions than answers, but I choose to follow you anyway. I acknowledge that you lived, you died, and rose again, all with us in mind. I accept the rescue that you offer. Save me and lead me in Jesus' name and authority, amen. I'm not sure where you're at today, but I'm so glad that God is there to walk with us. I find myself regularly repeating what Andy said in the message today. I believe, but God, would you help my unbelief? And maybe that's you today. Maybe you said that prayer with Pastor Andy for the first time. Or maybe you said it for the first time in a long time. If that's you, would you text the word rescued to 97,000? Or would you email us at the link below? We want to connect with you, encourage you, and help guide you on this journey. At Echo, you can actually give two different ways. The first is you can text an amount to 84321. Or you can follow the prompts on our website. If you're able and have the means to give, would you please do so? And if you don't have the means or you have a need, don't be afraid to ask. We've got a couple next steps for this week. Would you join our Zoom table community right after service? We'd love to see you, celebrate some wins today, and spend some time together as a church. And we also have an amazing opportunity to support an important group of people this week. If you work for one of the area schools, we want you to have pizza on us. 
we have partnered with Pasquale's Neighborhood Pizzeria to get hot pizza in your hands. If you want to claim your free pizza this week during a few specific afternoons, text the words Echo Joy to 97,000 to reserve yours. Like Christy said, we want to give away a thousand pizzas, so make sure you sign up and tell others about it as well. Now, before we conclude, we want to introduce a couple that joined our worship team this week to help out. They are good friends of Andy and Christy's named Sarah and Taylor Clark. They've been helping out Echo Worship from behind the scenes all the way from California for the last few weeks, and today you get to see them for the first time. Now, our current situation doesn't limit our joy. I think the enemy was celebrating when the quarantine happened. I think he thought churches would be shut down and people would be, you know, cooped up in their house and and not really realizing that God is still moving. Instead, God is doing incredible things during this season. The song we're going to wrap up the service with says, Whenever I say your name, let the devil know not today. So let's let the devil know it's not today as we sing this song. Let's pray to wrap up. God, you are awesome. In our good days, you're awesome. And in our bad days, you are awesome. And we love you. God, we give you all the praise and all the glory for all you're doing through this whole season. Draw us close to you. Force us to rely on you and to trust you in all things. Continue to move like you do. In Jesus' name, amen.